Hi everyone, I'm Madeline Park, stylist and vintage fashion hound. I believe everything has a story, whether it be clothes or the people that wear them. As winter descends upon us, season five of Style Stories aims to echo nature's cycle to stop, adapt and recover by highlighting stories of rebuilding, re-strengthening and reinvention after a period of struggle or turmoil. In a time of coldness, season five aims to warm your ears and hearts and help shed some light onto your style and your story. Today, I'm chatting with Liv Rame, fashion stylist, curve model, and social media influencer. While Liv knows how to work impressive angles on both sides of the camera, it's her strong attention to detail and a keen eye for color palettes that's defined her as a voice of authority in the fashion industry. And while her perfectionistic tendencies in her work like to see her stick to the rules, it's the strength in which she's broken them that define the sharp edge to her style. In keeping with her desire for strong details and her taste in tonal dressing, I paired Liv's double-breasted camel blazer with downplayed denim and a beige asymmetrical bodysuit from my collection. I hope you can sit back, relax and enjoy listening to Liv's story. joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, you're known on Instagram as Livra, but your surname is Rame, right? Is yes. that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. Um, and my understanding is that Rame means compassionate. Did you know that? I feel like I've been told the meaning before. <laughs> um, I feel like I was told it was something else, but that kind of rings true, I feel. Okay, so <laughs> that's where I wanted to start. Um, in terms of your upbringing, was it a warm, compassionate household that you grew up in? Um, and, yeah, can you give yeah, me... Yeah, definitely. Um, my mum is a very strong, um, compassionate, also emotional woman, but I think that comes with strength, being able to be emotional and compassionate. Um mm. She was definitely the one that was sort of hand, she was very hands-on. You know, my dad sort of said to her, I'd really like you to just be, be the stay-at-home mum. And she was like, that's exactly what I want to do. And she really just made it her everything. So, um, yeah, and then my dad, I'd say he's also pretty compassionate too. Um, he was always the one encouraging me to, like, follow any creative pursuit that I had in mind. So whether that be dance classes, early interest in modelling in my kind of teen years. He mm. kind of drive me around to um, modelling agencies and things like that, little modelling courses. Um, but, yeah, like I, everyone like everyone in my family has always, like, encouraged creativity, whether it's, like, my mum's side, my mum's parents, their musicians. My dad, um, he always wanted to be a musician but he was sort of encouraged by my grandparents to be the family accountant but he sort of went against that and was like no I'm gonna follow my dreams um ended up in more of a marketing role but right and do you come from a big family or um I have many like I've got there's like 12 13 like first cousins so not not too crazy but everyone's there's lots of second cousins and people always saying like, are you related to this person? Are you related to that person? My na- my surname is very popular, my Lebanese surname. Yeah. 
Yeah. So is your cultural background from Lebanon? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that kind of influence your upbringing and your sense of identity as a small person? Um, That's a good question. Um, Definitely felt like I was something different and I'm a halfie. So I'd sort of be like I'd part of me would sort of feel sometimes a little left out that I wasn't the full Lebanese like my other cousins (laughs) um but then also like I sort of felt I looked a little different as well through like primary school and stuff so yeah I guess as I've gotten older I've made a conscious effort to embrace my Lebanese culture and also learn about my mum's side too yeah and what's your mum's background so my mum she's like an Anglo mix so my grandfather's um, Australian. My my grandmother, she's got a bit of... She was born in Australia, but she's got a bit of British, Polish in her as well. Right. And yeah. um, your parents, did they have a romantic meeting story? <laughs> yeah, they actually did. So my dad was um, playing my mum's 16th birthday party yeah. and he had his eyes on my mum and was like, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> and she was really like, no, you're a naughty playboy. Like, I'm not interested. And eventually, um, yeah, they kind of got together eventually. Yeah. High school sweethearts. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, and you you obviously have had a very strong um, kind of link to fashion throughout your career. But talk me through your first kind of connection to fashion. Like do you have a first memory of loving dress-ups or a piece of clothing that was – like holds a lot of nostalgia for you just always being very opinionated about what I wear was going to wear from a small child so yeah yeah mum would try to tell me what to wear I mean my mum has impeccable taste herself right. but um How, what's her style like <laughs> um I'd say she's classic like she she loves a blazer she loves um she she goes on about like a you know pencil skirts back in the 80s with big chunky belts um yeah, she's she's always just ha- yeah. She she loves neutral. She also loves pop color. She loved ballet shoes back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So you got a, your love of clothes from her, from her and from my auntie. So um, yeah, my auntie Nada. She had a fashion store called the Urban Store, but she always like had her own boutique even before that too. Um, but sort of like around kind of age ten, eleven. I'd be in the Urban Store and just so inspired by her and she'd help me pick out clothes from the shop that would fit me. I was quite, like, tall as a, like, 10, 11-year-old, so I'd fit into the adult's clothes, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I appreciate how fun that would have been as a 12-year-old. So fun. I remember I had this... I feel like olive green. My, f- my first love of olive green was, like, around that age. Yeah. So um, I remember she took me into a store where we found this... I remember mum saying, oh, that's a little mature, but <laughs> it was some sort of like a, not a t- it was like a newspapery kind of print, olive green, and then the back was all crisscross black tie up. Oh, yeah. And I'd wear it with like olive green cargo pants or something like that. Yeah, it sounds very Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, um, so you mentioned that, you know, what, when you kind of went to high school, you, you, you felt like you looked a bit different to some of the other girls that were around you. I don't think I really realised it was that at the 
time. Um, but I definitely like high school was hard for me. Mm. Um, my first high school, yeah, the, the girls were not nice. I didn't handle it very well. Like I just didn't know whether to react, run away. I ended up just kind of not going to school for a long time. And it was kind of like, okay, you've got to go back to school. Like you're allowed to go to a private Catholic school. The nearest one's North Sydney. Go there. Um, <laughs> so I ended up at Monty, Monty St. Angelo Mercy College. Um, and, yeah, again, the same thing kind of happened. Um, but I never let it get in the way of who I am. It was often, like, kind of fashion I was a bit picked on for because I was always just, like, didn't really care. I'd, like, I'd wear, like, brothel crepers to school <laughs> <laughs> or, like, the um, kind of muffy days. Like, I, I had a phase where it was, like, I just dressed a little bit grungy, which is very kind of different to myself now. But, um yeah, like, girls would, like, make fun of me for that. But I just – I'm, like, kind of proud of myself when I look back at me at that time that I didn't let what other people thought get in the way of how I wanted to dress. Yeah, you had a strength in yourself to yeah. kind of be different or embrace that. Yeah. So, given those things, who who would you have kind of looked to as your icons of beauty or style at that time? Um, in my grungier phase, I was – very, oh, you know, I loved Gossip Girl and I was loving, like, Taylor Mumpson's, like, kind of edgy phase. Um, and I had a Tumblr page um, and I loved looking at um, Jesse Jo Stark's style and Atlanta's Cabinet Taylor. Um, who else? Like, all those, like, really cool kind of Tumblr girls photographed by Cobra Snake. Yeah. Party girls. Yeah. In, like... You know, kind of like the stockings over the knee, like fi- ripped fishnets. Like, I've, I think my style's a lot more refined now, <laughs> but there's still maybe kind of elements where I'll get a bit edgy here and there. It was a why do you because there's kind of a rebellious kind of spirit in the, that look. What, That's true. What do you think that was about for you at the time? It was a time of rebellion for me, actually. Yeah. So it's funny you've made that connection. <laughs> I think you've picked up on something I didn't really connect there before um but yeah that was definitely a period where I went against what everyone expected me to I was sort of like you know the good girl with like really good grades yeah and then actually my parents kind of went separate ways and obviously as like a late high schooler that takes its toll on you and the way I kind of reacted to that was did become a bit of a party girl yeah right (laughs) and um yeah I guess my fashion at the time really did express that yeah (laughs) and in terms of those icons of style if you like how did you reconcile your like and perceive your own beauty um against those girls that's a good question um again I knew I looked kind of different to how like those girls looked but I just sort of didn't care. I took my own spin on it. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, you, as I said, you've kind of pursued fashion as a career path from day one, correct? Yes. What was the big driver? Was it your auntie always working in the industry? Or how did you, like, how did you know that that's where you wanted to be as a young person? Well, I was also very interested in kind of drawing just the arts in general growing up. Um, and I sort of thought 
later in high school that I'd maybe be a graphic designer. Right. But um, when I had my rebellion, <laughs> I knew that I wasn't going Better to get the marks, that ev- the marks that everyone expected of me. Right. And, yeah, a friend of mine pointed out to me, she's like, you know, you always tell us what to wear and we all borrow your clothes. Like, you know, you can make a job of that too. I was like wow, okay, I guess that's true. And she was like, you know, let me take you to the Fashion Institute and you can meet the owner of the college and see what you think. And I just went in there with an open mind. Um, Like I knew kind of what fashion editors were because I always had heaps of magazines. Um, But I just, yeah, I went in with an open mind when PR internship and was sort of like I want to be the one receiving the clothes and (laughs) picking what goes in the shoot. And, yeah, yeah, it kind of went on from there. And you've... Worked the whole gamut, right? Like you've worked the high end, you've worked for Vogue and Louis Vuitton, is it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah I had lots of great internships and assisting jobs where I got to really like play with lots of high end clothes. Very mm. exciting, um, and yeah, then I've also worked with some really strong, great like more fast fashion brands that are relatable and you know easier to get your hands on without a big spend. Um, so yeah, I guess being able to see. High and low, that's kind of come into my style. I like to mix high and low. And, but but through that, I guess there's um, – and having worked, you know, in the industry myself, yeah. I know that to maintain that career at a constant pace, which mm. you have done, um, requires a certain resilience and tenacity. Would you agree? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, where, where have you found that? Because it does kind of have to come from quite – an internal space of like, okay, I'm gonna like, I'm just gonna keep picking it up and trying to find the next job. Um, you really got me thinking today, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in a really good way. I'm like, I'm making connections like in my head that were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not sure if my mum is definitely like a big like pursue, pursue, like never give up. Um, like, obviously, like, when any family, like, separates, like, it's hard on everyone involved. Um, but my mum was just kind of the person. She just picked up the pieces and got on with it and mm. just – she's always just go, go, go. Nothing can get in the way, but the, the show has got to keep going. Um, and, like, even, you know, my dad later on passed a comment, like, you know, I just knew your mum would be okay. Mm. I'm like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> it's like you're almost punished for being a strong woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I got that from her. Um, but, yeah, even just something in me, just on hard days, I just always kind of force myself to get up and go. Yeah, yeah. And the passion is just inherent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your your editorial work is beautiful. Thank you. And it's known, I guess, it, from my perception, I look at your work and I think there's um, – and edginess and almost mm. like a – almost maybe a part of that rebellion. That, that rebellion you, phase yeah, coming out. Which I, I yeah. have known before this interview. Mm. Um, but your personal kind of style is actually, for me again, feels quite girly and glamorous and, yes. and you know, like party. So how do you reconcile – the difference between what you kind of put out there creatively to the world and then how you present yourself? I think I'm still working that out, to be yeah. honest, because, like, I definitely love feeling, like, feminine and sexy and what I wear. But you might notice, like, on a day that's really casual, I always wear a sneaker. 
Yeah. So it's it's kind of like I have this big contrast where I'm like sneakers and track pants or like really glam. Mm. Um, I think they're both me. I think that even though my more glam side is quite girly, I think there's certain things I won't do because they're too far from who I am. So, like, I'm not really, like, a floral girl unless it's, like, a really bold print. Like, mm. I'm not really, like, a delicate floral kind not of girl. Not a ditzy, no. like, liberty print floral kind no. of girl. <laughs> so, like, I kind of know what what's not me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the injection of what's in your editorial, mm. what of that do you feel like is you versus the brief? Because we all, as stylists, we all add our own yes. kind of flavour to something. So what is that taste? What is that flavour Well, for I guess you? like two things that stand out in my mind that are always quite important to me is the structure of garments and the way colours work in together. So like I say this often on my Instagram, tonal mm. dressing. Mm. Across the board, looks yeah, so great on today. the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that definitely – I think those those two elements definitely come across quite strong in my styling work. Yeah, yeah, and a defining of, you, like, your work. Yeah, yeah I definitely mm. feel like even when, like, I'm working to a brief with clients, um, I always manage to, you know, kind of end up making my looks quite tonal while still staying within the brief or playing on different, you know – structural items you know like kind of like bold in the shoulder like smaller in the leg or like vice versa Mm. um playing with proportions and structure yeah so still having that strength in there Mm. like your personality but having a little bit of contrast in there at the same time it's funny like we talk about contrast i'm very into astrology like i'm still learning from like girlfriends who know even more than me and have actually studied it yeah but I know about my natal chart that I'm a Leo ascendant and Leos are very like bold and courageous (laughs) I've got a few Leos in my life (laughs) (laughs) I'm very familiar (laughs) yes yeah yeah all about the hair like my daughter wakes up she's a Leo and like Ah! she's just a ball of hair as she wakes up Um, but yeah so what does that mean for you um I I feel that rings very true to me um my father's a Leo as well yeah um and then I've also got um, my sun signs a Scorpio and my moon's a Pisces so that's like Deep waters brewing. <laughs> so beneath the courageous, more bold exterior, I definitely, yeah, feel things, which I guess like circles back to what you said about being compassionate. I feel like when you, I feel like I have an attention to detail, like with, but with emotions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also in my work. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's how that kind of plays out in my personality. And then also it is an extension of me and my work and the way I present myself to the world. Yeah. So, in terms of presenting yourself, you're now presenting you live yourself so much yes. more outwardly than much just more. being a stylist. You obviously modelling now um, yeah. and uh, have moved in front of the camera. Yeah. What obviously you you mentioned that you know as a younger person, modelling was something of interest to you. Yeah, definitely. What, why now? What happened? And you kind of decided that that was where you wanted to go. Well, I think I sort of knew, like I was, like I was more on the sort of slender, standard size when I was younger. Like I grew up kind of like as a size eight. Um, but I, I remember I went to like a one of the modelling kind of meetings I went to. I was told I was a little short and like you know that my size wasn't quite right. So. I don't remember how that was conveyed, but yeah, 
controversial to tell a young person um but I sort of had in my mind like oh I'm not really normal model size but I'm not curvy model size either and I just didn't think it was possible Mm. but later on I I thought about it I had um as I got to know you know photographers makeup artists in the industry like a couple people passed comment to me like why don't you try some modeling and then um a photographer friend just took some iPhone pics of me and sent them in. I guess it was just sort of I really had to like have confidence within myself that it was the right thing to do because mm. it was always kind of in the back of my mind and then one day I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm actually just going to go for it and see what happens. And was there anything that prompted that, like click over or was it just more that it was around you and accessible and... Yeah, definitely around me and accessible but even like it being around me and accessible earlier didn't make me want to do it I I think I just literally I had a phase because obviously like when you've grown up kind of like a size eight ish and then you become a woman and your body just completely changes Mm. when that first started happening I was in a pretty bad relationship actually where I was kind of told that I shouldn't be getting larger that's it's really terrible bad relationship um but it forced me to kind of be like you know what I don't really care what you think of me and I'm going to take the positive out of it but I mean obviously before I got to that point I was wearing like really baggy clothes like what the work I did in fashion versus how I dressed there was no alignment really at all because I was just wearing really baggy things um but yeah I guess like through that evolution like I sort of I guess when I considered modeling as an option for me as a curvier woman it was when I was starting to play more I came out of that bad relationship I was having fun with fashion trying to wear more form-fitting things and that's when I sort of started to find the confidence okay maybe I could do some modeling yeah so in fact some something that is normally quite toxic to somebody's confidence actually yes. pushed you the other way once I it was found almost the like strength. a big fuck you you're gonna do that to me I'm gonna show sometimes you sometimes I wonder what he would think <laughs> if he saw me now but yeah. um, um, yeah, life's funny like that. Everything happens for a reason and just pushes you onto a better path. Yeah. Oh, well, good on you. Um, now now that you are in front of the camera, yeah. how does it feel? Do you love it? It's so fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, I some people might say to me, like, is it weird to be, like, styled by somebody else when you're a stylist? Is it weird to have, like, other photographers and makeup artists shoot you and, like, you've got your people that you work with? Um, but I actually just find it really fun when another stylist styles me. It's nice to kind of sit back and almost be, like, pampered by someone else. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I got to put your shoes on today. <laughs> yes, that makes me feel special. <laughs> um, yeah, especially because I've always been the one bending down to yeah. it. Yeah. All the models' shoes <laughs> up. Um, yeah, um, I honestly, I enjoy every part of what I do and I feel really lucky. Yeah, and where do you feel strongest now? On the styling side or on the other side of the camera? Hard to say. I mean, when you're the one being photographed, you have, like, your good days and your bad days. And I will always end up realising when I look back, even if I've had a bad day, I'm like, I actually looked exactly the same as I did on my good day. But it's all just, you know, a process. Like, you know, mental health, the way you perceive yourself changes from day to day and that's okay. Just, you know, it's about embracing where you're at in that moment. Yeah. Um, And... I guess in terms of some of the things we've talked about, you know, we mentioned that you felt like you looked a little bit different 
to the other girls around you as a teenager, um, you're obviously presenting another extraordinarily beautiful version of beauty and style to the world now. Why do you think it's important to have those diverse representations of beauty? Well, I guess I definitely I never – like growing up I never saw – really any kind of Lebanese or Middle Eastern woman around until we started seeing the Kardashians, who are Armenian. Um, and, you know, being at school and stuff, everyone was sort of more of that, like, blonde Aussie beach girl. Um, why is that important? Because I feel we, sh- we should all be able to look to the media and see somebody that we relate to mm. somewhere. Um, you know, I, I'm just – I'm really grateful that we're seeing – expansion in that area yeah particularly in australia where it's been slower than other countries what would you like to see more of especially working in the industry knowing the models that are popular knowing who gets used all the time yeah where would you like to see the industry shift to well it's funny like it's almost like we've had some growth but it's almost we can do better because i don't know if this is the right word um like it's sort of like a tokenism like in a in a campaign, it'll be one curved girl, one dark-skinned girl, one Asian girl. It's like, yeah. we can't we all, like, can't there be multiple? Yeah, yeah. Let's take it a step further. In terms of beauty and style, you, you've kind of become a bit of a, an influencer, which is... Which is crazy. <laughs> I thought I would be. <laughs> um, and... You know, I, I it's still it is still smokes and mirrors, mm. and it's still um, a lot about appearance. Mm. Um, was appearance something that was important to you as a family growing up? Was there? Mm. Um, I've, I've always, I don't know where it came from, but I've always been very particular about how I presented myself. It may have come from my mum. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But um, I, from a young age, was <laughs> told by a child psychologist I had OCD. So, I mean, that plays out in many ways, whether it be my fashion, <laughs> different things to do with my appearance. Yeah. Um, but that's How does it I've play out in fashion? I'm, I'm also partial to a little OCD as well. <laughs> yeah. I think there was some disruption and change in my teenage years around the same time and I think I think you kind of gather that as a, as a mechanism to feel like you're in control of a situation you're not in control of. Mm, um, yes. But I'm interested, I've never actually even thought about that from a style perspective, how that would play out into clothing oh, and kind of like overthinking and maybe sometimes not taking a risk yeah. when you really should <laughs> what looks good on certain shapes and things like that but yeah. I'm slowly le- like and I'd almost get too perfectionistic about it be like don't break the rule don't break the right. rule but yeah. I guess I'm like learning that breaking those rules can look cool too yeah <laughs> so in terms of being an influencer appearances of what you know, it's largely about, but mm. in terms of getting your audience to understand a bit more about who you are, what's mm. what's the one thing that you would like to tell the world about you that people probably don't know from the beautiful photos and the gorgeous clothes? Well, I'm actually very 
unfiltered in real life. (laughs) 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 You've probably noticed I tend to waffle on, maybe overshare here or there. Yeah. Um, But, you know, like I'll post the perfect picture (laughs) on Instagram, (laughs) but my boyfriend or my friends will get the silly one where I've pulled my neck back with three chins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's just... I think that's a, that's an area where I've grown. Like when I was when I was younger, I was I took everything very seriously. Yeah, and I guess that's where the perfectionism, OCD stuff comes in. If I didn't do something perfectly, I would cry. Like, and now I sort of learned to embrace imperfection, have a laugh about it. It's not so serious. Yeah, um, yeah. So I guess that's actually something I'd like to try and present more to my followers. Yeah, but um, maybe I, I might appear serious and filtered at times definitely come across sassy I've been told <laughs> um I but think strong is a good word like I yeah. you, you do have a strength of character that resonates through what you do um but yeah maybe a few more unfiltered kind of sillier more funny th- yeah. that side of you yeah yeah <laughs> definitely um but what you do offer and I admire is that when you do present like something on IGTV mm. um you give a very honest and almost like educational tutorial to mm. style um, and it's almost a, a, a very giving thing that you do mm. um, because whilst you talk about yourself and what you're wearing, you're very instructional about it. Um, yeah. Do you Is that your, the compassionate kind of side of you coming out, wanting to share and help other girls gain confidence in what they're wearing? Definitely. I mean, as someone who has cried in many a change room, if I can help people experience that less often, I'd really like to. So yeah. if I can, if it's me providing some little tips of things I've worked out along the way and that empowers someone and helps someone, I'd, I'd really love to be giving that to people. Given you are modelling and styling mm. and, you, you know, you've kind of worked across the whole range, as I said, you know, high street to high end and, mm. you know, music talent. Um, you've worked strong with strong brands across the Australian market. Mm. What, what's next for you? What are your kind of hopes in terms of, you know, your fashion career? I guess just... Keeping being true to me and really seeing where that takes me. I wouldn't say my – I don't like to sort of pigeonhole myself. I mean, I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty open to wherever it takes me. Um, I guess the opportunity to work with large brands with large audiences would help you know, kind of get my message to more people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's, I'm just kind of – it's not been that long that I've been doing all three things, so – I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, cool. <laughs> and one of the questions I like to ask everyone is um, when they're like when you're 70 years old, how do you see yourself dressing? Do you think you'll still be very glamorous with a slight streak <laughs> of rebellion? or <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely still be doing my hair in nice tussled waves (laughs) Um, even when I'm not wearing makeup I'll still make sure my hair is nice and big (laughs) I I reckon I I could be a a 70 year old wearing a blazer still (laughs) yeah why not (laughs) nice nice uh, Chanel number or something that that would be nice I'd like to achieve that by that time in my life (laughs) All right, Liv thank you so much for joining me today and having a chat thanks so much for having me Matt (laughs) pleasure If necessity is said to be the mother of invention, then the strength Liv has inherited from her mother's character lives up to all this adage offers us. 
Whether it be teenage alienation, family separation or rebounding from romantic breakups, Liv has turned these adversities into opportunities and used them to hone the strength in her style and create new models to be seen. And while she may have compulsively tried to seek perfection in beauty, it's the way she's breaking the rules that truly define her style and her story. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed hearing this style story, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast and give it a rating to help other like-minded listeners find these stylish stories.